1: how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer
0: your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Eric Quorum with us. Dr. Quorum has been has always been driven by a relentless pursuit of high performance. As time progressed, that drive became a purpose to improve the lives of others in ways they didn't know were possible. Whether the, whether fueling the performance of NCAA athletes or the U.S. Department of Defense, implementing one of NFL's first sports science programs or coaching Olympic gold medalists, his desire to leave people places uh, people and places better than he found them is unwavering. Now, as founder and CEO of AIM-7, he's employing his unique expertise as an applied performance scientist to unleash the true power of wearables in a way that tangibly improves the lives of others. Their proven algorithms analyze users' health data and provide custom recommendations for enhancing the mind, body, and recovery process. Leveraging the science of adaptive capacity, Eric and his teams are unlocking a new level of human performance for anyone with a wearable device. Welcome, Eric. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's kind of embarrassing to hear that <laughs> bio.
0: <laughs> it's just an awkward moment. I'm sorry. I about feel that.
2: really good about myself now.
0: <laughs> uh, there we go. Well, tell us a little bit because you've got such an amazing background before I launch into you know our topic today, I want to know how you went from coaching such you know at such an elite level to designing wearables. And by the way, what are wearables?
2: Yeah, so um, I spent about 16 years in pro and college football, worked in the NFL and, uh, with elite college football programs. And about 12 years ago, I started using athlete wearable tracking technology. So imagine the first time somebody ever put a Fitbit on an athlete in a game, but it was, these are like very sophisticated devices. They would connect to GPS satellites and have these things like accelerometers in there. And so what we could do is we could really understand what was happening on the football field, how fast people were running, how far. Yeah. Um, and for the first time ever, we quantified the game of football, mm-hmm. but it was just a bunch of data, like millions of data points. Yeah. And it really didn't do anything for quite a while because we're like, you know, it's like data without insight is useless. Like, so what? It's like a dashboard. Right,
0: right. But
2: we were able to turn that information into actionable solutions for our performance coaches, our medical staff, and even the way that we practiced our players. And we had an 88% reduction in injury the next year. And our team won a, and it went on to win a championship. And then the NFL came in after that season. They're like, okay, what's going on here? They saw dollar signs and it opened a multi-billion dollar market here in the U S for sports wearables and other data sets. So if you ever watch an NFL game now, or even an NBA or major league baseball game, you'll see these people They're like, Oh, they ran this fast. Or that was kind of all started about 12 years ago. So I, my career kind of went in a different direction. I really got into this field of sports science. Yeah. And then I got a PhD studying how sleep impacts our ability to adapt to stress. Yeah. And we started using different types of wearables, like An Apple Watch or an Aura Ring or a Whoop or whatever uh, to understand how our bodies were adapting to stress Mm -hmm. so that we could build the capacity to adapt to more physical and mental stress at less cost. Mm -hmm. So that's a fallacy to say that you can manage stress. You can't manage, like, I can't manage the the government, I can't manage. You know, the stock markets, I can't manage right. how people respond to what I say. Sometimes, even if it's well intentioned, but what you can do is you can build the capacity to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what we're doing now with my company Aim Seven is we're we're unlocking the power of these wearables. So, if let's say you have an Apple Watch or a, a Fitbit or a Garmin or or ring, whatever, it's just data. Like I walk. 6,000 steps and slept seven hours, but so what? Right. We tell you exactly what you need to do each day in those areas to help you build more capacity for stress.
0: Fascinating. Wow.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So is this sort of similar? Like I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about biofeedback as you're talking, the idea yeah. of like getting information that says do more of this, do less of this. I mean, that's essentially what you're talking about, right?
2: Yeah. We're using biometric data from the wearable. And we also use how you feel. Mm-hmm. So there's a big, if anybody's listening and they've ever had a aura ring or something like that, I, I wear an aura just it has good sleep data, but sometimes it's like, Hey, you're a 90% today. And you're like, I, I feel like uh, 15. I didn't, you know, a lot of stress got in an argument. My kids are going crazy today, whatever. Yeah. yeah. We combine the, the objective measures from the wearable with how you feel. We have people do this short, quick mental fitness intervention in the morning. Yeah. takes 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then our algorithms are like, oh, so you want to go exercise today? We noticed that you like to do yoga, lift weights, get on the elliptical, whatever. We're going to be like, oh, the AIM-7 coach recommends getting on the elliptical, go for 30 minutes in this specific heart rate zone, and then pat yourself on the back and have a great day.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Or we do it for mental health and sleep and napping recommendations as well.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So it's like kind of what I do as a doctor is I will see people's labs and then I'll I mean, I can't usually just prescribe based on the labs. You have to talk to people and find out. Yes. Are you actually feeling what's optimal for you? So it sounds like you're essentially doing that same thing. You're just integrating because like your body only has so many dials that it can dial and maybe you've got high adrenaline and it's because you're working out and you're feeling awesome, but maybe it's because you just had a fight. <laughs> so that's
2: exactly right. Context. It's called contextualized recommendation. So as a doctor, you can do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have, It's like 120 million Americans now have these wearables, mm-hmm. but it's like, what, what do, do you- I do with it?
0: Exactly.
2: And in order to help folks, we had to figure out a system that could reach them without having to go in and meet one-on-one with the sports scientists. that's, that's just not going to happen. Right. Right. So our, our mission is is to empower people to live healthy and then impactful lives. We believe if you, if you're healthy, you can live a life of impact, whatever talents God's gifted you with, right. You can go live them out to the, yeah. to the fullest degree.
0: Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So, I Thank mean, I'll, I'll get into the psychological flexibility question <laughs> in a second, but if somebody is interested in finding out more about that, what do they, where do they go?
2: Yeah. So AIM7 is the name of the website, AIM7.com. And uh, right now we're in what's called a private beta. So you have to just sign up on the website and then we send you a link to download the app, but we'll be in the app store in late August. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, it's it, we do it right through the, uh, through the AIM7 website and it's a very unique experience. Um, people... We've had just so many amazing results. After the first 30 days, we're seeing double-digit improvements in things like energy, motivation, yeah. Yeah. sleep quality, perception right. of stress. It's crazy.
0: That's amazing. I'm already thinking of a bunch of people that I think would be really I know. <laughs> well, for- thank you. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's okay, so tell us a little bit about... Like you're talking about ways to essentially build resilience and build flexibility yes. with respect to this, but tell us a little bit about like how psychological flexibility plays into this, just as a general concept. Can you define it for us first?
2: Yeah. So psychological flexibility. Think about this. There's this. There's this dialogue that's always going on inside your head,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? There's always this conversation going on.
0: Sure. <laughs> and
2: uh, it's something actually. Just as a side note, that I've been thinking a lot about lately is every time you meet somebody or interact with somebody, like. Lauren, like you have your own conversation going on in your head and you're seeing the world through your eyes right. and in some ways, not in a selfish way, but you're the center of that world, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And oftentimes we kind of forget about this, uh-huh. um, but you know, negative thoughts can come in and out of our heads. Sometimes we dwell on those things, um, And what we really need to do is train ourselves to become aware of the thoughts, emotions, and feelings that we're experiencing. So we can take action anchored in our values and we can actually live. Like you ever had an argument with somebody or you communicated with someone, you're like, Oh, you look back like, that's not me. (laughs) Yeah. That's not who I am. Totally. This is a, this is a way for us to kind of break through that and, and, And it can kind of come into in difficult situations or you're confronted with 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 difficult thoughts, emotions or feelings. And so the way to be psychologically flexible is tied to something we call mental fitness and mental fitness is the ability to be consciously present so that you can process information without bias. Mm. This empowers you to quickly respond in a rational way, anchored in your values. So it's more like not reacting but responding
0: mm-hmm. okay yeah
2: and you're more flexible in the moment
0: sure yeah
2: so yeah. there's really three parts to this do you want to unpack this
0: please yeah tell tell us how do we get there everybody wants to get there
2: <laughs> <laughs> right the first part is understanding your purpose right and I think this is like a this is kind of a meta type of thing but like I think Mark Twain said the two most important days of your life for the day you were born and the day you find out why
0: yes Right.
2: Right? And, you know, for me, I believe that I'm here because God put me on the earth. He's gifted me with some type of talent and ability to go out and impact the lives of others. Mm -hmm. That's my purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're sitting there going, "Okay, that's like really like, okay, well, what's like the, you know, I'm married. Like you kind of start drilling down a little bit. I'm married. I have three kids. I have a I have a very specific purpose to nurture that relationship with my wife to be a, a role model for my boys, mm-hmm. uh, to be an active member of my community. So there's some questions you can ask yourself, like, what are my talents, skills, and abilities, and how can those be used to impact others? That's one question you can ask. Where do I find joy and fulfillment? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we're doing things that don't bring us joy. and God, that's, I think that's one of God's signals of saying, like, maybe uh, this yeah. isn't the, where you're supposed to be right now. Absolutely. Um you know, does your current job leave you unfulfilled? Maybe you're a, a stay-at-home parent, or maybe you're working. Are there mm-hmm. things that you need to be finding other ways to to serve or or do things like that?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, another one, another way to look at this is like, what would you want your obituary to say if you were to die? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like anchors you on this like purpose that you're here for. The next thing is is identifying your values. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've ever worked in corporate America, a lot of these companies have values they kind of put up on the wall of a building or whatever, but most people have never truly identified their values and values are core values are non-negotiable principles that basically set a tone for how you behave and act. Mm-hmm. Um, goals are about a destination, mm-hmm. but values are more about a direction.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense.
2: Values are about like how you want to be right here, right Mm -hmm. now. Yep. So like, for me, it's excellence, Mm -hmm. caring, faith, Mm -hmm. and health. And so those are like the core values that like, when I make a decision, I can say, and this is kind of one of the, the other parts is when I make a decision or I choose to interact with somebody in a specific way, am I acting in a way that's aligned with my values, so when a emo- when when uncomfortable thoughts and emotions and feelings come to the surface or I'm in a difficult situation, this last part is going to kind of pull it all together here, but you want to be aware of that conversation going on in your head or aware of how you feel mm-hmm. and you want to be fully present and be open to those thoughts, emotions, and feelings. Mm-hmm. Because how you feel doesn't have to determine how you perform or how you act. Mm -hmm. And so you can train this. So it's understand your purpose. Number two, understand what your values are, like identify them and clearly like hold on to them and embrace them. And then the third is you have to train your awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, So mindfulness is an excellent practice for this.
0: I figured you were going with this.
2: Yep. Absolutely. And for those that are listening, like mindfulness is not a, it doesn't have to be a spiritual practice. It can be right.
0: Uh,
2: But it's really just anchoring on some physical sensation. Mm -hmm. It could be your, most people do breath. They just close their eyes and they just try to observe their breath. Mm -hmm. And naturally what's going to happen is, your brain's going to wander off Mm -hmm. and then you're going to notice that. And then you bring your brain back to the current situation. And that is when the plastic changes actually occur in your brain is the process of noting that I'm over here and coming back. So you don't need to beat yourself down. Like I'm trying to do this thing and I can't focus. It's normal. Uh It's actually the ability to go, Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about whatever. Now I'm going to come back and you can do this in a lot of ways. I've started doing mindful walks. Uh So I'll go out. And I'll do a short walk around the block for maybe 10 minutes. And I just think about my foot touching the ground, coming off the ground, like just sensing what's happening, Yeah, maybe what's in the environment. It's like mm-hmm. all of a sudden when you start paying attention, it's like, oh my gosh, there's birds.
0: Right. Yeah. Animals.
2: <laughs> yeah. But we're just not aware. And mindfulness is a, it's a wonderful thing to practice and it has dramatic, uh, implications on our health. There was actually a paper that was published recently in JAMA psychiatry where it was an eight week intervention where they did mindfulness based um, stress reduction. And uh, they had the control group had that a control group that a group that was using Lexapro, the commonly prescribed anti-anxiety drug and mindfulness and mindfulness was um, had the same outcomes after eight weeks as Lexapro, it was a twenty percent reduction in symptoms of major depression. Awesome, very cool. Because when you're aware of what you're feeling, you can then take action,
0: potentially do something about it. You're not a victim. Absolutely, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, and there's you know amazing implications for you know stress biomarkers, cortisol level, um, even blood pressure, heart rate variability, metabolic profiles. But so the the three steps are, you know, understand your purpose. Mm-hmm clearly i articulate and understand your values mm-hmm. i would train awareness mm-hmm. and then you can take action anchored in your values mm-hmm. and now you have the flexibility in the moment to mm-hmm. behave in a way that's aligned with who you really are
0: so give us an example like you you gave the example before of you're in the middle of a fight and you're have yeah. like all these emotions are rising up and you have all these negative thoughts so somebody that has taken those steps and they're anchored in the moment and they know what their values are, but somebody's really pushing their buttons. What are the thought processes that keep you from reacting and uh, keep you from reacting and, and allow you to respond?
2: Yeah. So part of this too, you know, when you have awareness, here's the, here's the, here's the cruddy part about this. Um, <laughs> when you're aware, now you have a choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, and that's that's the grown up part about this whole thing.
0: <laughs> you still have to do the right thing. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell you guys something that I'm not too proud of. Uh-huh. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was acting in a way. My wife and I were in a discussion, uh-huh. and I realized that I am in the wrong.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And you have two choices to make at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> do I dig my heels in? And be a jerk or do I just go, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, the other side of the equation is if somebody is coming at you mm-hmm. and you can do a couple of things, like you can then now be like, hey, listen, we need to take a breath here. Or you can be the mature adult and realize that, hey, remember what we talked about at the very beginning? Everybody's got this whole thing going on in their head. It kind of gives you room for a little bit of grace. Absolutely. So, so um, and that and th- this kind of gets into deeper levels of communication and de-escalating conflicts. But I w- let me bring it to something a little bit more, maybe performance oriented. Like, you've got to go get up and speak at something, like a conference, or present to your team at work, or do something with your community group. Maybe somebody asks you to teach, and you're like, oh, gosh. And you, you get up there and you have, you know, you, I think the number one public fear in America is what public speaking. And, um, you know, you, you start feeling like you're going to throw up, you know, you're anxious. It's okay. If you're open to those uncomfortable thoughts, emotions, and feelings, then you can go, you know what, but I've practiced, I'm ready. And now I'm going to shift my attention And I'm going to take action based off of my training and my practice. And see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, There was an elite athlete. I'll just tell a really quick story. His um, Sir Chris Hoy is his name. He's the greatest Olympic cyclist of all time. He had uh, eight Olympic gold medals. And when he said that somebody asked him, what does it feel like to race in an Olympic finals? And I have trained athletes that have won gold medals in the Olympics. And, so I understand like the gravity of the moment you've trained for four years. The difference between getting a bronze, silver or gold can be making a living for the next four years, or you're just relegated. Some people are just, you know, living in a car. I mean, it's like that kind of craziness. And he said, it felt like I was going to the gallows. Yeah. Like you, like you're going to die. And, uh, but he said, but what he did was, is he would grip the steering wheel he would feel his feet in the clips. Anchor. He would, yeah. You got it. And so what was he doing? He had trained his mind and then he would take action. Yeah. And so this is the f- type of flexibility I think that all of us desire, but it takes work. It just doesn't, it just doesn't happen.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So um, what, what is there that I haven't asked you that you think th- think is useful for the audience to take away from this? Like what you've kind of given us some ideas of action mm-hmm. steps, but how do we begin to put this into practice? If this is something that's totally foreign for people, what do they do in order to to begin?
2: Yeah, I would, I would, I would take, if this is something you're like, Oh my gosh, this is something I would like to do. Let's start with, I would take some time and maybe start with the purpose part uh, the, uh, the core values, you can go online. We can, I can actually probably send you a link to a core values exercise that somebody could take. Uh, the key is you don't want to have more than four or five because then it's like, I can't remember all these. And usually you'll start with a list of like 50 and then you're like, all right, I got to cut it in half and it's going to get smaller and smaller. It doesn't mean like if you don't have character on there that you're not a person of character. Some of these things for me are like table stakes, you know, but and then the, the, the awareness part, you actually have to train it. And if you're like, where do I start with mindfulness? There's a lot of great apps out there. Um, in our aim seven app, we actually, Dr. Peter Haberl, he's the former senior sports psychologist for the U S Olympics. He teaches, we have a whole series in the app on psychological flexibility. And he teaches people how to take the, he calls them weather checks of the mind. And, uh, it's very, it's brilliant stuff. The guy's he's Austrian. So he's almost magical to listen to, but, um, he's one of these people you're like transfixed on his voice, Uh, but you could, you can literally use your cell phone, start a timer, close your eyes and just observe your breath. This Mm -hmm. is zero cost. Um, and then, you know, start with three minutes and just see just don't try to manipulate anything just sit there and focus and what you're going to start finding is the longer you start training this when you can get up to about 30 minutes a week mm-hmm. um maybe it's a walk maybe you can practice mindfulness by sh- when you go into the shower instead of just getting in there and just showering like you actually like i'm going to feel the water yeah. on my body. And I'm going to say like, it takes perception of the world to a whole nother level. And what you'll start to see is that you're more keenly aware of what's happening around you. So that when it comes time to take action, you're like, okay, I'm not going to yell at my child. I'm going to respond to them in a way that's aligned with my values. I think as the parents, we struggle with this, you know, life gets emotional, child says something and you get over escalated and you're like, Oh, that's not what I want to do. I want to respond in love or be like, Hey, we're going to correct this. We're going to fix this. Um, And respond in a way that's more aligned with who you are and your character.
0: Yeah. I've heard that the, what you're describing is being defined as sort of like the mental manager. Like there's, there's you yes. constantly thinking of all the things and all the, all the emotions. And then there's the, the observer that's like, that's not really me. I don't really believe that. Or you can begin mm-hmm. to come in and, and correct that to recognize that your thoughts are not necessarily you, that you mm-hmm. do have control over them and that you can inter- intervene. So side note too. So I started doing um, a little while ago. Um, I started doing five minutes at the end of every work day, turn mm. on my timer. I usually mentally go to the beach with Jesus um, and, <laughs> of, <laughs> the waves and all that kind of stuff. And what I what used to happen is whenever I would go on vacation, the first couple of days, my brain was spinning, 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 and it would take a couple of days for it to settle down for me to actually be where I was. But after I started doing that, I could get there right away. As soon as I was, I was on vacation, I noticed Mm -hmm. that I was in vacation mode, and I was chill immediately. And I didn't and I the only thing I could really attribute it to was that practice of mindfulness. So mm-hmm. it does seem like that makes a big difference in terms of particularly if, they're, if you're trying to spin a lot of plates at the same time, that can help you to be grounded where you need to be.
2: 100%. That's such a cool anecdote for people. Cause that is one of the hard things is when you do have a chance to slow down, mm-hmm. then it's, you you spend this time like kind of ramping your body down, but if you've trained it mm-hmm. and that's one thing I'd like to leave people with, like from a world of sports and performance where I came from We had a saying, what I'd often say is like, you're either trained or untrained. You know, it's just like your spiritual life. You're either, you are either either engaged or you're unengaged. When you're engaged, doesn't mean life's going to be easy. It just means that you know where you're anchored and you can take action. You can, you can recall the Bible verses. You can recall, you can go, okay, now I'm going to go to prayer, right? And, and put this at the feet of Jesus and not, Just dwell on it. Make my worries his concerns. That's a great thing about mindfulness. You can stop the rumination and you can go, God, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, present your request to God, right? Okay, Lord, here it is. But if you're not aware of it, guess what? It has your attention, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Absolutely, for sure. Where Mm -hmm. can people go to learn more about you?
2: Yeah, so um, at Eric Corum on instagram i'm on linkedin we just launched a youtube channel um i do have a podcast called the blueprint where we distill cutting edge science leadership life skills in the very simple vignettes of like 15 minutes or less and um so if you like this you know you can go check us out on the blueprint but it's such a pleasure to be on your show you you're a great host by the way
0: thank you i appreciate it it's been a pleasure to have you this has been really fantastic information and i'm excited about your app it seems super cool
2: yeah. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a labor of love.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression?